and Lily. And you're listening to Just Just Gooey Gooey Things. Things. <laughs> 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 was there another delay? That was another delay. Part two. If you listen to episode 74, oh you know that um, these intros are just going downhill. But maybe for episode... They are getting worse and worse. Maybe for episode 76, we'll get back on our shit. But in I the meantime, so. hey, boo thanks. These are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. And you're listening to Jizz Ghoulie Things, the quarantine spooky story special episode 75. Woo-hoo. Three quarters of a way... To 100. Nice. Almost there. We have, as, as by the end of this episode, we will have told 750 ghost stories. Nuts. Nuts. I didn't, I never thought that in my life I would read 750 ghost stories in 75 days. Didn't think it was a possibility, but here we are. And well, surprise! Yes, anything is possible when the government tells you you can't leave your house or do anything else except tell scary stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, so welcome back to Just Ghouly Things. For all those new Boothangs listeners out there, I'm Rebecca. I'm Lily. And we just read a bunch of fucked up scary stories. Some of them are lighthearted, some of them not so lighthearted. Uh, but we talk about what we think uh, is the cause of this paranormal activity, uh, and we always ask for your feedback. So if there is any specific story that you listen to in any of our 74 other episodes of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special that you'd like to comment on, feel free to email us at... JustGoolyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. We love to listen and read all of your uh, opinions. We have a couple of boo things that... Almost every episode, they'll either email us or DM us their opinions on stories or if they thought something was scary, Mm -hmm. if something was sad. And it's really cool getting to interact with you guys. We always reply back. Uh, You guys are our friends. So, uh, you know, let's get the conversation going. All right, Lily. You ready to get started? Born ready. All right. Let's hear that first story. All right. This one is called Paranormal Activity Has Gone From Bad to Worse. So my home has always had some form of paranormal activity in it. Noises here and there, sounds of footsteps, nothing too scary or worrying. But the past few months, it's stepped up a notch, seeing shadows of a man and a little boy. At least that's what I thought, but I'll get into that in a little bit. Seeing a man standing behind me in the kitchen, the feeling of crippling fear and emotion that cannot be explained. Also being scratched and even had what looked like a huge red burn mark on my shoulder. It's to the point that I even had scratches of what appeared to be lettering on my arm. Now comes the even weirder part and the more frightening part. I've seen the little boy on the stairs frequently just looking through the bars of the stair rail, but one particular night I saw his shadow looking through and I continued to watch as he was crouched staring. But then he stood up and the shadow of what I thought was the little boy appeared to become a male figure and seemed very sinister. It sounds crazy, I know, and I find the paranormal fascinating rather than rather than frightening, but this frightened the life out of me. The end. Ooh, spooky, spooky, mm-hmm. ooky. So, do you... V, 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 spooky, cookie ooky. The OG spooky, cookie ooky. So, Lily, <laughs> I have to ask, do you think that this is something that's attached to the person, or do you think that this is something that 
just as like a one-off experience? What like what do you get from this? Well, do you remember a couple episodes ago, and for our boo thanks who have been listening, there was someone who said that they think that all child ghosts are really demons in disguise? Yes. I think this is the classic case of a demon in disguise. Mm. Because when the little boy stood up, the shadow was of a man. That's so true. So it's like as if it's just a mirage. Mm-hmm. But the shadow mm-hmm. doesn't lie. The shadow never lies. Oh, the actually, shadow is real. Yeah. Okay. So I actually have to ask Rosie, Mike's mom, before I like post any pictures or anything like that. I'll show you after we record. But um, she went to go see her son Alex's, okay. you know, tombstone and stuff. Um, she goes every Sunday to the grave and just like you know, she puts like a beautiful. She put a beautiful garden in front, and uh, it's absolutely stunning what she's done with it. But she took a picture because every week she takes a picture of it and like the development of the flowers. And she always asks my mom because my mom has such a green thumb, and she asks, "Oh, like how do I, you know, keep this plant alive? How do I do this, that, and the other thing?" So she took a picture. She took yeah. a couple pictures and sent it to my mom. And um, the the this tombstone has a picture of Alex um, that was sketched in. And uh, it's facing forward. Now, mind you, there's no tombstones that face Alex. Like, the, all the tombstones, like, they're all going downhill, and they're all facing one way. Mm-hmm. In the picture that Rosie took, in a couple of pictures that Rosie took, you actually see on the tombstone behind him that's not facing, you know, there's nothing on it. It looks like Alex's face. Stop. Insane. It's, I have chills. And it's a couple of photos that she took. And it's like one bit where you you could clearly see kind of like defining images of Alex's face that kind of look like the image of Alex on the tombstone, which was like his favorite picture ever mm-hmm. and like was posted everywhere. And mm-hmm. then there was one picture where the pink flowers that she had reflected off that same tombstone. But in the pink like in, in the pink um, reflection, it's like a smaller mm-hmm. version of that same picture. But there's no way Ooh. that that picture could reflect onto the other tombstone. Because the tombstone wasn't facing it? Yeah. Cause like his picture was facing away from it. So obviously there'd be no way for it to cast. Got it. I'll send you, okay. I'll, sh- I'll send you the picture later and then I'll ask okay. if like I could post it. But it was like, I got chills when I saw it. It was so spot on him. And you could see it from, like, before you zoom in. She was like, Rebecca, do you notice anything? Because she always talks to me about, like, things that she notices because, like, none of the boys believe her. Like, they think she's crazy. But Mm -hmm. um, so she talks to me because she, like, loves our podcast and is like, oh, my (laughs) God. Like, so how's everything going with the podcast? Um, So she asked me, she's like, do you notice anything weird? Didn't even tell me. And I was like, literally Alex's face is on that back tombstone. She's like, oh, my God, I thought I was crazy. So, yeah, crazy Ooh, shit. I want to see that. I can't wait. Yeah. I don't know. The little kid thing just reminded me of that. But, um, like, yeah. yeah, that was just weird. But, yeah, that little kid was definitely a demon. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. Fuck yeah. I, I feel, I, I just, I also just kind of feel like I can get vibes. Like, you get you get them, too. You can get the vibe from the story, and it just feels malicious. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, one of my five stories I'm going to be talking about today um, it's, I'm actually going to be, by the same author, I'm going to have two of those five stories that I discussed today. Um, it's going to be 
the first haunted experience and then a second haunted experience that they wrote in another um, in another post. So okay. this is the first one. It's titled, My First Possible Haunted Experience in a Psychiatric Ward. And this was posted six months ago. Um, she writes, I work as a nurse in a psychiatric unit, which is conveniently tucked away around the back of an old hospital. I'm on night shift at the moment, and most of the night is spent trying to convince manic patients to return to their bed. We were having a strangely quiet night. The staff usually sits in the corridor at the intersection between male and female sides of the ward. We can hear everything that's going on better from there and intervene quicker if, she, if needs be. There's a shower room located just to the left of where we sit. It has a toilet and a wall, short wall partition separating the shower and the far, far corner of the room. As we were sitting there, the door to the shower room slowly crept open. No big deal. We got up, closed it again, and went on with the night. It happened again about an hour later and again. We thought nothing of it. After closing the door a second time, though, we heard the sounds of running water. I got up to check and found the tap in the shower room was running. I thought it must have been faulty, but when I tried to turn it off, it spun easily and stopped running water. Feeling a little freaked out now, I checked around the partition of the shower in case a patient was somehow hiding there, but there was no one. When I turned to walk back out, I felt a sudden chill on the back of my neck and heard a sound like gas hissing behind me. I glanced back around and checked the shower, which seemed to work fine, and just assumed there was trapped air or something. The next night, we were sitting in the same place, and again, it was an unusually quiet night until around 2 a.m. when we heard a massive bang and then a dull thud, as if someone had hit against a wall and then slid to the floor. The noise seemed to be quite close, and we, hurriedly, looked through each dormitory and individual patient room, expecting that one of the patients had fallen, but everyone was still sound asleep, apart from one patient who told us she had trouble sleeping the last few nights and asked to watch some television in the sitting room. We continued with our search, but couldn't seem to find anything to explain the sound and sat back down in the corridor where we talked about ghosts and joking about it being haunted. <laughs> oh, oh, what can possibly go wrong? <laughs> The patient who couldn't sleep asked if she could smoke in the toilet. <laughs> we occasionally let people do this during the night as we aren't allowed to let them out of the unit after 10 p.m. And try telling an avid smoker they can't have a cigarette is a sure way to start a fight that'll cause everyone to be woken up. We said she could have a quick one in the shower room before going back to bed, and she asked for one of us to come with her. When we asked why, she explained, quote, because that room freaks me out. There are spirits in there that are trying to come through the mirrors, end quote. We heard stuff like this from patients on a regular basis, so we didn't think much of it. Offered her some reassurance, and I agreed to come into the bathroom with her. While we were in there, she talked about seeing the ghost of a man in her room, which kept her up at night. She then stopped talking abruptly and looked confused before going over to peer around the partition. I asked her what was wrong, and she shushed me and asked in a whisper if I heard what she heard. I admitted I couldn't hear anything. Again, it's a common occurrence for people to talk about auditory hallucinations on our ward, but asked her what she could hear. She said she thought she heard a dripping sound, but there was no water running, and when she checked back the partition, she heard a hissing sound. I suggested she finish her cigarette and get back to bed, and she asked for some medication to calm her down, then said, man, I hate that bathroom. The door opens and closes itself, you know. After, oh, mm -hmm, after she went back to bed, I was telling the other staff about this, and we were joking about how much of a freaky coincidence it all was. We were still discussing it when 
day staff came in. When the first nurse arrived, she came over to ask how the shift was, and we asked her if she believed in ghosts in a jokey way. She said she didn't, but that she had bad memories of the ward that sometimes freaked her out. She told us the worst thing she ever saw was 20 years ago when she was doing the hourly checks on the ward once, just to check on each patient every hour to check if they're okay. And she couldn't find one patient and went into the shower room because she could hear running water there. She checked around the partition and found the guy lying dead in a pool of blood in the shower. He hacked himself to death with two blades, obviously a very unwell man. The nurse told us that ever since it happened, a few times she's gone in the shower room and felt a sudden rush of cold air as if someone was trying to run past her. I might have to start looking for a new job. The end. How did he get blades in the psych ward? I, it's crazy how one little slip up can make a difference, you know? Yeah. That's like the same thing in jails, though. You think of how these people are able to make these weapons. It's little things that, you know, just go under the radar. And when you kind of get into that survival mode, I feel like, when you're given such limited resources, you find ways to make it work. Um, Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And I just think this is nuts that this person experienced everything that was a common experience to the patients and to a pre- mm-hmm. to someone that works the day shift. Yeah. And all the things they're experiencing make sense to the person that passed away. The running it water. It all links up, for sure. A man. It makes too much sense. Uh-huh. Weird. And that's just the first story. So after you read your second story, I have their second experience at the psychiatric ward. Ooh, yay. Okay. So... My next story is called Positive Ouija Story. Back in the late 80s, I was in college and lived in a dorm room. I never owned a Ouija board, but if someone had one, I'd either watch or participate. To be honest, this was one of the first times I used one. I had a question for the board. My grandmother had my father when she was young and single. This was a big deal back in the late 1930s. When she found out she was pregnant, she ran away from home. She dropped my father off at her parents' house when he was six months old and left, coming to visit less and less frequently. By the time he was five, she never came back at all and disappeared. So my father was raised by an aunt, never really knew his mother, and didn't have any idea who his father was. By the time he was in his 40s, he wanted to find her. Lots of dead ends, but he did it eventually. Anyways, that night, I asked the board if my grandmother was alive. The board said yes. I asked if she lived in my home state. The board said yes. I asked if she lived in my hometown, and the board said yes. I asked what street she lived on, and the board spelled out the name of the street. Let's call it Washington Street. The real name was a very uncommon name, not Washington Street, and for the record, it was spelled correctly by the board. Ooh, spooky cookie ookie. Um, At the time, I wasn't sure if there was a Washington Street in my town, but it turns out there was. No, Grandma didn't live there. But two years later, my father found his mom. She lived in my hometown state. She lived in my home state in the town of Washington. It wasn't the street name. It was the town name. How messed up is that? More than 30 years later, I still have no explanation. The end. Mm. So this is a Ouija board not gone wrong for a change. Do you think it's because the person did it correctly, or do you think it was just pure luck that they just happened to contact a good spirit? Well, I think it's a combination of luck and maybe also some, like, like they said that there wasn't, 
that they didn't particularly own, like specifically themselves own the Ouija board. So maybe there was more activity just after this person left. Mm, that's you know, true. so maybe then that's when the demons came and they were, you know, not over anymore. They were like, I'm out. Bye. Yeah. I don't got to deal with it. That's what I would do. Fuck with the Ouija board. And then before the demons came in, I'd leave. It's refreshing to hear a positive story about a Ouija board. But yeah. we still, as just ghouly things, legally do not encourage you <laughs> yes, we do to not use a Ouija board. Boarding. Please don't. Or we may have to read about you. We may have to talk about you in a story on just ghouly things. All right. <laughs> my second story. So what's the second story? Yes, is called My Sorry. Second. No, you're good. I know you're just excited as I am because I haven't read all these. So um, I'm in for the ride with you. So uh, the second one is titled My Second Possible Paranormal Experience on a Psychiatric Ward. So they go on. So I already posted here about my possible paranormal experience in a psychiatric ward. After that night, we had some more spooky goings on that I thought I'd share too. So for a bit of background, I'm a psychiatric nurse working in an older unit of a bigger hospital. We're pretty well distanced from the main hospital building, and there's not much going around us apart from a car park, some trees, and an admin building down the road. I I was on night shift when this happened. There's usually a skeleton staff on overnight, two trained nurses and three or four nursing assistants. We had a patient with an eating disorder on the ward at this time, and she required constant observations to make sure she wasn't micro-exercising or purging. At night, we usually waited until she'd fall asleep and then position a member of staff just outside the dormitory she shared with three other patients so that patients had a little more privacy to sleep through the night. Our ward is in a T-shape and a male corridor and a female corridor at either end and the nursing station at the center. We all sat at the center of the T-junction so we could see and hear down each end of the corridor and we had one member of staff sat outside the female dormitory at the very end of the female corridor. The chair the staff member sat on had its back to the fire door at the end of the corridor facing along towards us and we all took turns sitting there overnight. It was quite fairly... A quiet night with all the patients soundly, soundly sleeping, a rarity in most cases. We usually had whis- <laughs> we usually had whispered conversations in the corridor amongst each other, amongst each other to keep us going. And on one occasion, I was sitting on the observation, chatting with a colleague when she looked up behind me, confused. I asked her what was up, and she said she thought something was moving on the other side of the fire door. There was a small round window on the door, looking out at the trees and path leading around to the bins in the back of the unit. I told her to stop creeping me out and we laughed about it, talking about the last night we had when all this stuff was happening. When she looked up startled. She said she was positive something moved past the glass and she dared me to get up and look outside. I was in the middle of a not so politely declining this request when I heard a thud at the fire door behind me like it had been kicked. I froze and we exchanged a look of horror just as there was a gentle knock at the door. Needless to say, we both freaked. I jumped out of my chair and she came hurrying (laughs) towards me, both of us full of nervous giggles. It took some persuasion from both of us before I managed to go up and look out the window. There was nothing. The night went on and we continued to joke and speculate about what we saw and heard. She brought a chair up next to me outside the dormitory for emotional support and I insisted I wasn't going to look out the window for the rest of the night. Good idea. Well, a few hours later, someone else was sitting at the observation, and I was chatting in the middle of the junction with another nurse. One of our colleagues steps out of the office at the junction, looks up at the corridor, and gasps. She points at the fire door and said she was sure she just saw a pale face staring through the window before it vanished. 
A new, a new round of speculation started as we theorized as to what this could be when the door to the female dormitory burst open and a patient came stumbling out in the corridor, running past the nursing assistant on the observation and straight down the corridor at us. She looked terrified and half asleep, so we assumed she was sleepwalking. We caught her as she reached us at the junctions and began attempting to soothe her, but she kept trying to push past our hands, muttering in a scared voice, quote, no, there's someone there, there's someone there, there's someone there, end quote. We tried to engage with her, but she was either too deep in sleep or too groggy. Eventually, we managed to calm her down and escort her back to the dormitory, but when she got to her bed, she stopped again and asked that the nurse had to stand over her all night. We assured no one was standing over her all night, and she looked confused but allowed us to settle her into bed where she promptly fell asleep. Our adrenaline was running high by this point, and matters weren't helped when the haunted tap started playing up again, turning itself on in the cursed bathroom. Again, see here for the last story about this. And they, like, hyperlinked the uh, last story. Yeah. We were so freaked out. One of the nurses refused to walk about the ward on her own, while others remained skeptical about it all. It was maybe a week later when we were back on shift. We had the same setup with one member on staff alone in the observation and the rest of us in the middle of the corridor when a nursing assistant who hadn't been there the first night stepped out of the office behind us and shouted, Who the fuck is that? She was, <laughs> she was loud enough to make us all jump up and we looked down the corridor to where she was pointing at the fire door and the poor, pale, freaked out staff member sat in front of it. The nursing assistant then explained that as she stepped out of the office, she'd glance at the fire door and thought she saw something white shining in. When she did a double take, she realized that it was a pale face of a blonde woman pressed up against the window. The nursing assistant said that after she shouted, the face dropped down as if the person or whatever it was had fallen. We all went together to peer out, and of course, there was nothing there. I called the site manager. There was always one manager on call at night to handle any big issues and suggested there might have been a person going around the building and looking through the windows. She didn't seem all that concerned with the story and just suggested no staff leave the building until morning, which is typically a rule anyway. Of course, a paranormal encounter isn't the only explanation for this. A living, breathing person going around staring through our windows was creepy enough, especially since that fire door didn't have a lock and was often blown open by the wind. Another week or so passed, and different staff rotated on shift. I told one of the nurses all the stories of what had happened to us on shift, and she was petrified, saying that she always got an eerie feeling on the ward that night. Later that night, a member of staff from another ward on on the unit popped in to borrow something. He had worked at the hospital for almost 30 years and had been in every ward on the unit at some point. The nurse and I working told him she was freaked out and asked if he had experienced any hauntings on the ward. He seemed amused and asked, like what? She told him about the tapping on and off and the patient claiming there were spirits in the mirrors. He seemed skeptical and shrugged it off, but agreed that this was a new one to him. He then said that he'd never had any haunting or weird experiences on the ward, but said that a lot of staff through the years had complained about spooky stuff always happening at the female dormitory at the end of the corridor. Again, I'm not necessarily claiming this has to be down to ghosts or anything. This experience definitely wasn't as paranormal feeling as my last post, but it was definitely an uneasy night for us to say the very least. The end. Wow. Yeah, I want a reality show about this. About this about psych this ward. ward, right? Are you kidding me? Like this is nuts, and not just this one person is experiencing this. It's like a literal Scooby Doo squad over here. Yeah, right. 
I yeah. And if I were to turn around, well, I'm already freaked out about stuff going on and people being in my ear. And I turn around, and in the window of the door is a blonde, very white-looking woman staring yeah, at hell me. Hell no. Um, I'm not even Hell putting my no. two weeks in. I'm putting in my two seconds in. And I'm out, okay? <laughs> you cannot pay me enough. <coughs> yeah, no way. There is no way in hell that, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be disrespectful to the ghosts, but no. Mm-mm. There's definitely some, some spirits there. It's more than just one that is trying to Especially, make themselves like, known. Especially, like, they said it was an old hospital, right? <coughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so much there history. could have been some tragic deaths in there. Maybe it wasn't always the psych ward. Maybe it was, you know, just a w- regular ward. I don't know how hospitals work. Or, or, you can't tell. <coughs> if it was a psych ward, or you know, it was some sort of medical place before. Back in the day, things aren't what they are now in hospitals. And not saying the hospitals and wards are still perfect at all, but um practices weren't what they are now people didn't take care of patients like they do now um so definitely there may have been some mistreatment some malpractice and um there may be some spirits trying to uh get their stories heard so oh no did you hear me we just got disconnected what i can see you wait can you see me I can see you. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's the spirits telling us to not talk about them. Let's hear This is a common theme. This is called, this is called experience in a hospital. (laughs) Oh God. So the theme of this episode is hospitals, I guess. I guess so. All right, let's hear it. Okay, here we go. Last year, I, a 31-year-old female, worked briefly at a hospital for environmental services department. So I was a housekeeper, basically. (laughs) After a couple months, I was given a fairly regular area to clean daily, the step-down ICU. Only some of the rooms were monitored by by video camera there, typically the ones that weren't in direct view of the nurses' station. My job included daily cleaning the rooms that were occupied, the nurses' stations, the doctors' rooms, and any public bathrooms in the area. Oh, sorry, I got a hiccup. Any public bathrooms in the area. I was also responsible for fully cleaning a room when a patient was discharged. One day, I was assigned to fully clean one of the rooms that is monitored. It is around the corner from the main nurses' station and close to the end of the hall. After I'm done, I walk around the corner, look up at the monitor streaming the feed from the video camera in that room, and see someone standing in the doorway. I immediately go back to see if anyone is there, but there isn't. I go into the room to check for a person and nothing. The room right next to the the room right next door is empty, but I check there too, and nothing. Anyone would have had to pass me if they left that area. I go back to check the screen and the doorway is empty, so I just continue with my day. About a week later, an elderly woman was brought into the said room. I go in to do my daily cleaning, introducing myself and telling her all about what I'm going to do. She seems out of it, pleasant, but not fully there at the moment. The curtains are down, so it's fairly dim, but not dark. After I start cleaning, she asks me, how many of us are in here? I'm taken aback for a second, but respond with, it's just you and I right now. Do you see someone else? She just says quietly, oh, no, I guess not. 
I tell her if there's anything at all she needs, there's a number on the card she can call and they can page me directly. I went around the corner to check the video feed and didn't see anything, but I had a weird feeling about it. After that, I made sure to stop by that room a few times a day to check on any patient that was in there. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences in my life. I feel I'm highly sensitive to them. This one was just one of the more recent ones that stood out to me. The end. Hmm. So do you think this was So who else was in the room? How many, what I want to know is, how many other people were in the room? Did the patient see one other person? Did she see two other people? Did she see seven other people? It's, you know what, when it comes to hospitals, you can't help but just think it's spirits that just haven't moved on maybe a sudden death in the hospital or they just haven't come to terms with the fact that they are gone and because that was their last place they're just trying to make themselves known and maybe if I mean did it say that this person was super super sick or why they were there mm-hmm. yeah no they I don't think they can say because of HIPAA true true so I mean if we're going to assume that maybe this person was very sick and let's say that they were closer to that other side Maybe that's why they were able to see these things? Yeah. Um, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, nurses, doctors, what you guys are going through right now, I mean, I can't even imagine. And then on top of that, dealing with spirits and ghosts <laughs> on top of everything that you guys are going through right now. Imagine putting that in the mix. Oh, gosh. that Bless you guys, because... You guys are you guys are dealing with a lot more than just patients. <laughs> Trust me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Which one am I gonna do? There's so many options. All right. I'm gonna do this story titled "Shadow in My Grandma and Grandpa's House." I've had a few experiences in life that truly freaked me out. This, however, is probably the one that freaks me out the most when I think about it. So a little backstory information before I begin. This happened when I was pretty young. I used to live within a pretty short distance from my grandparents, and I would go over there to spend the night almost every weekend. I would sleep in the guest bedroom, which was at the end of the hall. It included a bathroom and my cousin's room directly across from my room. Now, this house always gave me a someone's watching me type of vibe. Trust me, we all know that. We all know that vibe. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... My other family members have said the same thing. So, to start off, I'd go to bed pretty early, probably 10 or 11 or so. I'd go to sleep for maybe a few hours at a time, and then wake up randomly in the middle of the night. I don't remember what time exactly, but I'd get up and stare out in the hallway for maybe an hour, looking through the darkness at nothing. It just felt like something was staring back at me, though, and I swore to God I could see a figure in the hallway just staring back at me. I wasn't scared or anything, but just curious, I suppose. After some time, I would get up and move to the bathroom and stare into the mirror, into the darkness behind me once more, seeing this figure. I'd do this for another hour or so. This is the part that freaks me out. I'd go into my cousin's room and just stare at her sleeping. Bitch, what? (laughs) I'd do this for maybe the same amount of time I was in the bathroom for. An hour? What the hell? Okay, after I'd go into the living room and just stare out the windows to the front yard and street. I guess I was just looking for something. I have no idea, though. After doing this for another 30 minutes or so, I'd go to the backyard door and stare out there. Again, looking for something, I suppose. After that, I'd go back to bed and fall asleep. When I was older, I told my grandmother and we cousin... We did one like this. Did we? Probably a long time ago, right? 
Yeah, we did. I think so. We did one where someone would sleepwalk and just stare, but I don't think it was yes. exactly this one because yes, I, you're right. We did this a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The days are running together for me. Yeah. No. This. Well, this is a this is a recent story that they just posted, but. We definitely have had something like that because I think we were like, throw away that person or something. Like, we're like, goodbye. Like, no. Um, but anyway. Sorry, no, this just clicked for me because the story was sounding familiar. But we did one, I think it, I don't think it was too long ago, though. No, I don't. I, now you, you reminded me that we definitely had something like this for sure. Like, it was like a sleepwalking scenario where I think they even caught it on video or, oh no, the person saw the other person staring at the other one, was it? I don't know. We've told so many stories by now. 750 of them. Anyways, anyways, get back to your story. Sorry. So uh, when I was older, I told my grandmother and cousin, and they had a look of shock. My cousin, who lived with my grandma and still does, said she always felt like something was there, as well as my older cousin, who only came down maybe once a year since he lived in Florida, if that. My grandfather passed a couple of years later in 2012, and they moved into a new place. This creeps me out to this day. I don't know what I was doing. Sleepwalking, perhaps? I still have no clue. Yeah. How about them apples? Imagine someone watching you sleep for an hour. Uh, no, because I'd have to literally punch them in the throat if I ever woke <laughs> up. If, like, even if it was, like, you know how people are like, oh, my God, like, I just wish my love, like, my significant other, like, I would turn around in the middle of the night and, like, look at them watching me sleep, like, oh, so cute. I would literally punch Michael in the face if that ever happened. <laughs> like, I'd be like, do not look at me when I'm sleeping because my reflex is I'm like, what's up? Right, like what literally, the? like do like the little snake bite right into the Adam's apple. Like, eh. don't watch me sleep. I don't like cuddling. I definitely do not like watching you watching. I definitely don't like knowing you watch me sleep. Just no. Yeah, that's creepy. Imagine you just wake up and there's someone just like staring. Like you wake up and all you see are eyeballs. Okay. It's someone else's eyeballs. So I'm so hypocritical, and I just realized this because I say that I would absolutely hate if someone looked at me sleeping. But, yeah, I do that to Loki every day. Like, I could just spend all day watching my dog sleep. I would just be in my... I I just... He's so cute when he sleeps. Like, he could fart, and it's the cutest little noise. It smells disgusting, but it's still cute. (laughs) Like, you know, like, I could watch my dog. Yeah, no, it's different when dogs fart, I have to say. It's very different. And when they sleep, it's so cute, and they're, like, snoring and stuff. I bet you my dog is so freaked out at me because he probably wakes up and just sees me like right in front of him. Like, oh, you're such a cute little boy when you sleep and you fart in your sleep. I love you so much. He's probably like, get Does, this okay, bitch away. Does Loki ever fart himself awake? Like he's sleeping, he farts and it wakes him up. He hasn't done that, but he has farted. And I think that he doesn't realize that like the sound is coming from his ass. So there's been a couple times where he farts and like he'll turn around, like look at me and like, Try to guilt me into thinking it was me doing it. And I'm like, no, no, that was all you, okay? Like, don't be, don't be looking at me with disgust as if you're trying to, like, gaslight me into thinking that I was the one that farted. That was you. Right, exactly. <laughs> they look at you like, how dare you do that? Why would you do that? Does Faith fart? Faith farts herself awake. <gasps> like, so she sleeps and she farts and the fart wakes her up. That is the cutest thing ever. She's like, what? Who? What? Like, she wakes up alarmed. She's like, whoever that is, cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, God. Okay. Enough of dog farts. Um, right, sorry. Your turn, right? Yes. Yes, okay. All right. Let me just get to it. Ah! Okay. I'm an only child, but could I have a dead brother who got who could be a guardian spirit? Background. I'm a 20-year-old only child. My paternal family has really deep ties to a certain indigenous region, with one of my ancestors being an important figure in the... Oh, religion. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dumbass. Religion. I thought it was weird. Um, with one of my ancestors being an important figure in the religion... Although we don't really practice it. I'm not close with anybody in my family except for my paternal grandparents who are still somewhat connected to the culture and religion, even if they are practicing Catholics. When I was a child, I was so convinced that I had a brother, even if I knew logically that I'm an only child. I somehow knew his name and would say things like he's, quote, in the other world. The weird thing is, growing up friends, acquaintances, and other people, a food seller that I frequent, for example, would be sure I've got a brother and ask me how he is, where he is, and then become surprised when I tell them I'm an only child. They would say something like, wait, really? I was sure you have one, and he really looks like you, but male and older. This kind of thing happens pretty often, at least thrice a year. Ooh, thrice. Nice wording. Um, <laughs> and this month it's happened twice. I recently dreamt that my grandparents were in trouble and my father told me that I had to seek help from my dead brother, older brother who's in the underworld. And then after asking him for help, they were fine. And in the past, I've dreamt of someone who kind of looks like him telling me things that would happen the next day and it would look like we were in a black void and it was just me and him. Usually he would tell me of natural disasters or someone dying, but one time it was very specific. He told me that a classmate's mother would die after a surgery in the stomach, re stomach region, and the next day, a few hours after I woke up, I got texts in my class group chat saying all these things. All we knew was that his mother was ill, but we didn't know how serious it was or what kind of illness, so that, so, so that was very odd. Could this be something paranormal in nature, or could it just be a big series of coincidences? The end. So, Rebecca, what do you think? Okay, so this is way past it being coincidental, okay? I think so. I, so, so, I'm just thinking, like, this is, is this actually, like, someone's brother? Or maybe was this a brother in a past life? Is that what they're trying to insinuate? Ooh, it could be. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you the story about how my mom met her supposed mother from another, like from a previous life? No, but tell me now because I'm listening. So, um, my mom's been to Bermuda, I believe, two times. The one time um, this experience happened where she met this woman, and then another time she like met my dad on the cruise, and yeah, but okay, whatever, romance. Bleh. So the one time <laughs> that she was on this cruise with her girlfriend. Uh, this woman came up to her and was like, I'm so sorry, like, I don't mean to freak you out, but I want to let you know that at one point, I was your mother in a previous life. And no! was explaining that, like, this was, like, from Egyptian times, and um, it was, like, explaining, like, their life that they had together. And they actually ended up staying in contact for the longest time. And then, I guess, as, you know, time went by, they lost contact. 
But my mom just was like, I guess the things that she was describing about her, um, it just, my mom just felt like it was very interesting, the connection that they did have um, when they talked. And yeah. she was like, it was wow. just, it was, it was a different feeling. And she couldn't ever place her finger on it and couldn't find the right words to describe it. But she was like, yeah, this woman and I talked and, you know, we kept in touch for a very long time, you know, Christmas cards. And, you know, she was adamant that I was once her child in a previous life. That is fascinating. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. Yeah, I have to ask my mom more about the details of it because this is just yes. literally what I'm remembering offhand. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, we talk about, you know, reincarnation and stuff. And a lot of times we don't remember who we were in a previous life. Um, but some of us, yeah. that that small percentage, they remember. And uh, I guess they also get senses of who they were related to in a past life as well. So I feel like that's, that's one of those cases. Insane. Yeah. Fucking weird. The world is a really what? crazy place. It is. Okay. Yeah. So uh, next story is titled... Why am I having nightmares about my deceased father? So, ever since my dad passed away from cancer a year ago, I was 21, I occasionally see him in my dreams, but not in a good way. It's always a nightmare. My dad was a good man, and I rarely ever argued with him. I miss him, but I'm grateful for the time we had together, and I can't say I have any major regrets, so I don't know why I'm seeing him in nightmares. Losing him was difficult, but thankfully he had great nurses during, during hospice that kept him pretty pain-free and peaceful, and he was surrounded by loving family. I was there with him until his last breath, and I can honestly say that the experience made me start to realize that there really may be an afterlife, or some sort after death, due to some strange occurrences during and after his death. Flickering lights right after he passed away, weird heavy feeling in the air, like he was still with us even after he was clinically announced dead, and etc. Anyways, this is getting off topic, so I'll start explaining the dreams. Dream one. This happened a week after his death. I was at a family reunion, and we saw my dad there. He was acting normal, but couldn't talk to me because he was on the phone. He stops and hands the phone to my sister and says, Your grandmother wants to talk to you. My heart drops a bit because my grandmother is also dead. My sister says, Hi, Grandma, on the speakerphone, and I whisper to my sister, Wait, she's supposed to be dead, though. Then, instead of hearing my grandmother's voice answer back, we just hear a creepy static noise with jumbled words in the background. Creepy. Ooh. I'm actually woken up in real life by the sound of my phone ringing. I look to see who it is, and it's my dad calling me. I'm scared, but I pick up anyways. Turns out it's my mom borrowing my dad's old phone. She lost hers that morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. That's crazy. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. My heart will literally sink into my asshole. Oh my I God. thought this was going to end up being another one of those stories of them getting a call from a dead person, and it was just her mom. Right? Oh, my God. Okay. So, second dream. My sister and I were standing in front of our dad's old house. We were looking at our reflection in one of the windows. Suddenly, my dad appears in the reflection, standing between us and not in his usual smiley self. He looked quite sol solemn and eerie, and this was a dream. This wasn't real. So, that's the second dream. Third dream was my sister and I were at another family gathering. My sister walked up to my dad and started talking to him like everything was normal. I don't think she remembered he was supposed to be dead. I remembered, however, I was so happy to see him. I immediately ran up to him and hugged him and was like, Hi, Dad. Love you so much. How have you been? Blah, blah, blah. This is where things go weird. I notice he's not smiling and he's avoiding eye contact with me, which is unlikely, unlike of, uh, completely unlike him. 
He's sort of mumbling incoherent sentences like he was during the last stages of cancer. However, he looks perfectly healthy. So I'm like, Dad? Dad? Everything okay? And he suddenly turns and stares at me dead in the eye with the most ominous blank expression on his face, and it scared the shit out of me. He looked like he was being possessed by something evil, like he was thinking about killing me. Can someone please explain to me why I'm dreaming about things like this and what do these dreams mean? Do you think it's really him? Thanks, guys. The end. Wow. Yeah. I wonder... It seems like the dreams got worse. Right? Like, it's, like, starting to be a little weird. Then you start noticing the father's facial features are getting weirder. And then it's, like, not only is he looking weird, but he looks like he's about to do something to you. Yeah. Um, That must be really difficult to go through. Because it's, like, you're so excited to see your father, but at the same time, it's, like, in your heart, you know that's not really him. Because... You know, you would associate your father, especially with it being a good relationship that they had, with, like, positive thoughts. So maybe this is something darker that's just trying to take on the presence of her father to try to reach her and try to, like, take advantage of her. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Could be. I don't know. But I would definitely see, like a, like, a psychic or a medium and try to see if there's anything you could do. I, You know, this definitely could be, tra- like, trauma-based, too. You don't know how this person coped with this with their father's death. Yeah. So it could be, you know, the PTSD or the trauma that they endured watching their father die. You know, maybe they haven't correctly gone about, you know, like, um, having closure with it or trying to, like... You know, I guess that very well could be. I know my dad had really bad dreams and really scary dreams when his father was passing away and after he passed away. So it definitely could be something like that. Yeah, I hope it gets better, though. I feel bad. I do, too. That sucks. All right. All right, Lily, what's your next one? Hopefully it's a little better. All right, here we go. My next one is called My First Ever Paranormal Experience. Is this my last one? It is your last one. Huh. Okay. This happened when I was nine or eight at my grandmother's house. I was spending my holidays there and trying to have a good time. The strange thing is, when I was a kid, I used to be obsessed with seeing ghosts or finding ghosts or some random scary things that would happen to me. I was curious because my friends would tell me their paranormal stories at school, uh, but I have never experienced it myself. I would stay up late at night to play games, watch TV before sleep, and I'd stay up until like 2 or 3 a.m. My grandmother used to scare me and say things like, the ghost's going to get you if you sleep badly, <laughs> or you'll see weird things if you don't sleep early. I thought, I thought it's total BS because I never experienced scary things, so I think it'll never happen to me, but I was wrong. That night, No one else was there except for me, my sister, and my grandmother. Only three of us were in that house. I was watching TV and decided to sleep at 3 a.m. or early. um, So I turn off the TV first because the TV is quite far from me to reach if I was going to turn it off later. My grandmother, my little sister, and I sleep in the living room because the room was so hot. Um... I was on my tablet and playing some games before sleep. 
There were two rooms in front of me, both doors closed. Then, suddenly, I heard a baby crying in the first room. The first cry was short, like, <laughs> they're spelling this out. <laughs> then the second one was like, <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> they're spelling it U-W-E-E-K. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was so long that I thought there was actually a baby in that room. I was stunned, scared, shocked, and frozen. I didn't know what to do. But the first room is actually scary. Whenever I went into that room, I get chills. I never sleep in that room. That room is really creepy. Why did I say that? Well, when my relatives had that just had their newborn baby sleep in the room, it was either 2 or 3 a.m., the baby would go crazy and cry like they see something that's not human. Their eyes would look up to the roof and just and they just wouldn't stop crying. It happens every time. Uh, the night before I experienced this, one of my relatives came and they ha had just had their first child. They slept in the room and the baby cried so loud that I woke up and I felt so uncomfortable. The next day, I told my grandmother about that and she said I misheard things. How could I mishear things when the crying sound was so loud and clear? The end. So we have a ghost baby. I'm thinking the grandmother is trying to hide something. Ooh. And like pretending like, oh, you just misheard, you know. They don't want to, you know, explain what's really going on behind closed doors. Could be. That's, That's like the first thing I thought. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you think about it, what else could it be? Right? It's not like it was a door creaking because both of the doors were closed. You know, it might have been a fox, but fox cries happen frequently. It's not like, you know, if this person is there all the time, they would have heard it more than once. I mean, if it sounds like anything of the impression you did, it was definitely not foxes. And it definitely <laughs> wasn't a door. It was definitely a baby, a ghost baby. Ghost baby. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So hopefully I don't have to do any impressions because Lily just took the cake on that one. Oh, yeah. I, I am an impression extraordinaire. Book her for voiceovers, you guys. I do birthday parties. <laughs> oh, wait, was it? I'm the one celebrities call for their kids' birthday parties. If you're from the tri-state area, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Lily, please tell me you know what I'm, ta you're ta I'm talking about. No idea no. what you Okay, you don't about. remember Uncle Magic, the commercials? Uncle Magic! And he's like this like guy, and he's like a DJ, and he's like, I'm the one celebrity call for their kids' birthday parties. And then, <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, my God. Lily, okay, so I sound like an idiot. Lily, I'm going to send you a YouTube video of this commercial, and I swear to God, it will bring you back to your childhood, parts of your childhood you don't even remember. Okay. And you, I trust you. I, I will put money on it that I don't have that you will remember. <laughs> okay. Enough of that. Last story. Something told me to choose which of my parents would die first. Okay. Hmm. So this is my story, and I've told it to numerous friends. Some believe me, and I'm sure some think I'm remembering things wrong because of the trauma and confusion of the day. I know what happened, and I remember this memory. I can't explain why I thought this, and I especially can't explain why it flashed in my brain at that very moment. 
When I was 11, on a really cold day in December, my brother and I were just enjoying our winter vacation. My mom was at work, and my aunt decided that it would be nice to spontaneously treat me to a movie. Now, this was really unusual. We didn't really go to movies. My brother and I were latchkey kids, and this was before the internet was commonplace, late 90s, so we spent our afternoons watching basic TV. We actually watched a lot of news, which I know is weird to think as an 11-year-old watching the news, but it was in between I Love Lucy and Jenny Jones, so eh, why not? Now, my parents were divorced. My dad had me on weekends, and the last time I had seen him is when he dropped me off at my mom's on Monday morning before he had to go to work. He was an armored guard, and he usually called me from a payphone on his lunch break, so I was expecting a phone call around noon that Tuesday and did not want to go to the movies at first. My aunt said that my dad would understand and said she'd buy popcorn, so I obliged. During the movie, I took full advantage of that popcorn offer, and I remember getting up several times to fill that bucket, which, <laughs> looking back, was probably extremely annoying to every single other person in that theater. <laughs> we had seen a matinee, so we were in the theater around 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., and when out of absolutely nowhere, a thought flashed in my brain. Which parent would you rather have die first? I thought of it a little abstractly, and I will admit, I did weigh the option. I thought... Well, maybe my mom because she's so strict, or maybe dad because I don't see him very often. But almost as quickly as I started weighing those options, I shook the thought out of my head and said to myself, don't even think about this right now because it's not going to happen for a very long time. The movie continued, then ended. We left the theater and drove home. Upon getting home, I noticed my mom's car was in the driveway, which was unusual because she should have been at work. I joked with my aunt that maybe mom finally got her pink slit. She was working at a company that she absolutely hated because she was a single mom at the moment. She did not want to quit and not receive unemployment. When I got inside, I met with the news that my dad had been shot and killed during an armed robbery. Years later, when I saw his death certificate, he was pronounced dead at 11.01 a.m. Now, that isn't the only weird part about that day. My mom wasn't home because she found, about, she found out about my dad's death. She was home because the sump pump burst from the freezing temperatures and a neighbor actually called her at work. She found out about my dad's death because my cousin was watching the news and the news released a breaking report that an armored guard had been shot and killed and accidentally released his name before notifying the family. This was before any of us had cell phones, so my other aunt, not the aunt who took me to the theater, called my house to tell my mom how sorry she was. My mom had no idea that my dad had been killed. My aunt had to break the news to my mom. Oh my God. My brother didn't end up going to the theater with me and my aunt, but instead an old friend called him up and he went to his friend's house. Remember I mentioned that my brother and I watched the news? And I know for a fact that if we stayed home that day, we would have found out my dad had been killed through the news. It was the weirdest synchronicity, I can't say that word, synchronicities that added up to that day. But by far the strangest one is what flashed in my head at at roughly the same time that he was pronounced dead. I can't prove to anyone that that happened. All I have is my word to fall back on. But it did, and I have no explanation as to how and or why. The end. That is so sad and crazy. Yeah. I just hope this person doesn't think that, you know, it was their fault as to why one of their parents passed away. Is like, oh, you chose this or, you know, anything like yeah. that. You know, this was just a series of very unfortunate events that took place. Um... Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as it sucks that the father passed away and in such a violent manner, it's interesting how kind of fate lined everything up. The brother was out with his friend. Mm-hmm. 
she was out with her aunt watching a movie, which never happens. The mom happened to come home because the sun pump break. Yeah. Everything happened at the right time so that, you know, I think it was kind of the father's works of, you know, I don't want my kids being exposed mm-hmm. to seeing my death in this way. You know, I want to make sure my wife hears about this first before my kids. Um, you know, just it's crazy how things like this is just way more than a coincidence, in my opinion. What is your take on it? My take on it is it is just. Oh God, I don't even know. I think it's, I don't want to say fate because fate usually ends positively, but it's things, it's the universe having things line up. Definitely. Definitely. Does that make sense? I think, yeah. I mean, obviously we don't want to say like, oh, you know, it was meant to be that you died, you know, getting shot and killed, you know? But like, I think that the way that like, you know, it played out for the children, I think that, you know, if there was going to be a way that they would find out, it was good that it wasn't on the news by themselves watching the screen. Um, You know, it was, you know, a loved one being able to tell them. And, um, you know, having that family there, just being around and, you know, making sure that, you know, they're okay and they're being protected and they're being loved. So uh, very, very weird story to end on. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. So that concludes this episode of Jess Gooley Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 75. Thank you so much, Boo Thanks, for listening. And Lily, do you have anything to wrap up with before we get started with our socials? Uh, Rebecca remembers weird commercials that no one else does. Oh, but don't worry. Lily will soon remember them again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Let's get started with the social media so you can all follow us. Before we do that, backtrack remember if you're listening to us on apple podcast rate us five stars and review us tell us tell the whole world how much you love us if you're not listening on apple podcast that's no big deal just screenshot this episode screenshot any episode post it all over your social media you guys we're gonna start going back to work very soon so you need something to listen to on your long car ride to work because trust me traffic is coming back and you're going to need something oh, entertaining God. to listen to. So why not catch up if you haven't listened to all 75 of our Quarantine Spooky Story specials, or if you haven't listened to our, I don't even know how many other regular episodes we have. You got a lot of content of to listen them. to. Yeah. So, all right. Just remember, five stars. And if you want to rate us lower for any reason, don't rate us lower. Just email us your problems at... JustGoingThingsPodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Let's start with the social medias now. Follow us on Instagram at Just Cooling Things Podcast. Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter, JGT Podcast. Facebook like page, Just Cooling Things Podcast. Facebook private group, Just Cooling Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon, Just Cooling Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at just Bully Things Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.